0: Welcome to The Forest and the Trees, Global and Local Perspectives on the Environment with your host, Melinda Tuhus. Well, starting on Christmas Day and ending on New Year's Day, more than 200 people spent part or all of that week at Occupy Biden, an encampment on public land less than a mile from President Joe Biden's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. They gathered with two demands, that Biden declare a climate emergency, and that thereafter he direct his executive departments to not approve any more permits for fossil fuel projects. The action built upon the walk for our grandchildren and Mother Earth last summer, which began in Joe Biden's hometown, Scranton, Pennsylvania, and ended in Wilmington, calling for Biden to be bold and take action on the climate emergency. Occupy Biden included music, teach-ins, a candlelight ceremony on New Year's Eve, and the screening of the climate crisis parody film. Don't look up. It ended with a rally and closing ritual and a march as close as they could get to Biden's house until they ran into a Jersey barrier and the Secret Service. The day after it ended, I spoke with Karen Igo and Kobe Owens, two of the local organizers. Karen is with Extinction Rebellion, and Cody's with the Delaware Working Families Party. Let me start with, with Karen, because I think, and, and this is one of my questions, I guess, I, my understanding, or maybe it's my assumption, is that this whole thing kind of started with you, but uh, is that right? Just, just fill me in on you know how this whole idea to, to occupy this space for a week, uh, Christmas to New Year's, came about.
1: Um, Thank you. Yeah, it it came out of a conversation with Brittany and I and um, Brittany Robinson and I, and I don't think either one of us actually remembers whose idea it was, but we just started talking about it. But then I definitely was the one who, you know, I called her up and I said, you know, I can't pass up this opportunity and we've got all this momentum. I said, I'm, I'm doing it. You know, are you in? And so that's how it happened.
0: Wow. And, and Colby, then how did you get involved? And, and if you could tell me what you're with, I think the Delaware Working Families Party. Is that right? Yes. Yes, a, I am. Are you a staff person or a volunteer?
2: So we're all volunteer pretty much. Um, and it's an organization that I've been working with for a long time. We only have one staffer, and that's Carl, um, who is the uh, coordinator for the entire state. But I got involved because WFP um, decided to sign on as a partner to this. Um, And, you know, I I jumped right in. You know, I jumped on that first Google Meet just to see, you know, what the vibe was. And, you know, everyone was talking everything I love doing. Um, I I think right now um, you have a lot of people who who are Democrats who will sit back and say, hey, we have a Democratic president. We shouldn't attack a Democratic president. We shouldn't push them on their agenda. We shouldn't push them to keep their campaign agendas, which I think is sad. Um, and, I, you know, when you see direct actions like this and nonviolent direct actions start to form, that is something you want to be a part of because it's going to be... Um, it's, that's what's going to bring about the true change that we want to see. And,
0: yeah, I wanted to ask a little bit more about that. Did you, you know, apparently... Uh, Joe Biden's lived in Wilmington for decades, uh, his whole, I guess, Senate career, and then his two, two terms as Vice President, now President. And my, from from the time that I spent in Wilmington over the summer and the fall, what I got from that was that he's pretty beloved in town. Um, so, what kind of pushback did you get uh, uh, for you know targeting Biden? Um, either, Karen, why don't you start and Kobe, if you want to add anything in.
1: Um, well, we've gotten quite a bit of pushback, honestly, even from, from dear friends. And I, I actually had a kind of emotional situation to work through when, you know, most of the group wanted to walk down to Biden's home. And, um, you know, I have a beloved activist friend um, who really implored me not to do that and said, you know, she really didn't want me to. And so that was hard for me because, you know, it was someone I respected and cared about. It wasn't just, you know, Joe Schmo on, on the internet. Um, but you know, in the end I had to go with the consensus of the group and I know that, you know, she would, she would understand that, but we've gotten a lot of pushback people, but it's just so interesting, you know, people telling us that, um, that we're going to, you know, divide the democratic party, um, you know, more and I just don't see how that could even be possible to divide it anymore um, or that we're going to, you know, make it um, more risky that that Trump might be elected uh, or, you know, that we're going to have more Republicans elected in the in the next year, I guess now this year's election. And I'm just like, this is already happening. You know, we're we're so close to losing our democracy as it is. We have nothing to lose at this point. So we, we have gotten some pushback, but we've gotten a lot of support as well. So it's kind of a balance.
0: Mm. Colby, do you have anything to add to that in terms of
2: responses? So I've been involved with Delaware politics for a long time. Um, So I've built a lot of relationships there. And those, uh, some of those same individuals were the individuals who were saying, don't do this. You shouldn't be camping out. You shouldn't be speaking out against Biden. One of the things about Delaware politics Mm -hmm. is we have a proximity to power issue. Um, Because we're such a small state and because you can see your U.S. senator or your your state rep at the local store, at the gas station, people, you know, want to have that relationship rather than calling them out when they do something wrong. And again, this isn't personal. You're in a position of power, of public power, um, and you're there to represent me. You're there to represent your community. Um, So you should be able to hear from them. Whether it's you're doing something good, you need to do something better, or you're doing something bad, um, so that's why I think it was so important. I think that's what we have to deal with here in Delaware. Is, is again that proximity to power? People are willing to give up their their voice sometimes in order to have that you know that relationship with a certain member of the House or or even a president.
0: That's really interesting. I, I'm in the third smallest state. <laughs> In Connecticut, and um, <laughs> we are significantly bigger, I guess, than Delaware. And um, my two senators do not live in my town. Although we did have a, a long-serving U.S. senator, you know, for decades, who did live in New Haven, and people would go to his house <laughs> protest. Yes. So, um, so I see what you're saying. Um, so, it, let's just talk a little bit about what happened. You you pulled together. Um, a a big coalition of individuals and also organizations Um, and so just describe the process a little bit you you had planning meetings i guess and i was actually on some of them because you also had long distance participation people who couldn't get there in person but um karen talk about that a little bit how how did how did people come together
1: you know honestly it was just like magic i i um we just, I think we just had the right, the right, you know, group of people to start this thing out and Kobe definitely being, you know, one of the main people that I feel like lended credibility to what we were doing. And also, you know, he had some, some key experience that we were lacking. And so that was a blessing. Um, And then just his enthusiasm and his spirit in the, in the mix, Um, you know, but, but there were, you know, a lot of people involved that, that were, um just all in from the beginning and we never we never wavered you know it was never are we not going to do this it was when, when we got met with a problem we we just we went around the other way or we you know we worked it out um of course you know we were riding on the tails of the grandparents i mean that's that's what i've told every interviewer um is that we would not be doing this uh we wouldn't wouldn't have done it without the actions that led up to it over the summer um so you know we were just riding on that momentum The grandparents involvement was um, was was key. And then I think, too, because a lot of the players here um, were I mean, I've been involved with local politics um, and environmental social justice for years. And so, you know, you you have those relationships. um, So people will trust you. And um, and then it just we just had this machine man going. and and getting the word out and we're, we're, we're all pretty relentless. And you know why, because we really care about what we're doing and we really believe in it. And the fact that that Sunrise and Fridays for Future were involved and we had those kids, you know, looking right at us, you know, how, how can we not do everything we can when, when our kids are telling us they're scared and they're angry. Um, so for me, you know, that, that I think really is compelling and, and really brings
0: people to the table when you've got youth involved in a project the way we did. You're listening to Karen Igo and Kobe Owens with Occupy Biden, a week-long encampment near Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, from Christmas Day to New Year's Day. Yeah, and full disclosure, I'm one of the grandparents, so I guess I should put that out there. Um, <laughs> you were part of Occupy Biden. as and well. I Biden. was part of, I was long-distance part of Occupy Biden, that's true, and I so regretted that I wasn't able to get down there in person, but... Um, so anyway, I, that's sort of a good segue into describing, I mean, it was a little unusual and, and in a way, I guess climate change worked in your favor because it was a really very warm week considering it was the last week of December, although I know you had a lot of rain. Um, so just talk about you know, what you did, where you went, what it looked like and you know, who participated as the week went along. Um, yeah, so, Kobe, why don't you start and Karen can chime in, too.
2: Yeah, we were less than a mile away from the president of the United States, uh, his private residency in Wilmington, Delaware, which, you know, when people think about that, that's, that's kind of wild, right? Um, and not only were we able to bring a, a strong coalition of people together, we were able to have it be sustained for over a week. Um, You know, going out there Christmas Day and then capping it off on day eight um, with a march and a rally um, and and going to try to deliver a letter to the president um, is something that I think made this all worthwhile, right? So, yes, the weather um, was very warm, um, but we had a little bit of everything. We had sun, we had rain, we had cold weather, warm weather, snow, um, (laughs) fog. In that short amount of time, Um, but the one thing that was the constant was everyone's determination um, and everyone's energy to bring about change. Um, This coalition was representative of what America looks like. You had people from every background, every demographic, you had boomers to Zoomers, um, and you had them all there with one, one demand, and that was for Biden to be bold. Um, and, and with that, you have declared a climate emergency um, and also ending our reliance on fossil fuels. Um, but you, you know, unfortunately the letter uh, was not able to be taken to the president um, due to secret service and, and them turning us away. Um, but also you look at how fast they wanted to get the media out of it when we walked. They got that media bus out there I had never seen a bus that size make a U-turn that quick. Um, They did not want the media to see what we were doing um, and have our voices amplified. But that's the power of social media right now. The reporters were very curious about what was going on, what we were doing out there. Um, And a lot of them reached out or tweeted out about um, us being out there. And I think that also helped bring some attention to the overall um, action as well.
0: Right. Before I go to Karen, well, either one of you, uh, who was on the media bus? Because there were some reporters who were with you in the action, right? So who was on the bus? And who didn't get, who got, and they weren't able to get off the bus? They had to leave or something?
2: Yeah. So Secret Service made them turn around real fast, made the driver turn around. Um, But it's the presidential press pool. So AP, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, um, the in a ton of other, whoever has um, presidential travel press cases.
0: Oh, so if they had let the bus in, I mean, you could have gotten all this national coverage. Is that right? Wow, I, I, I didn't catch that. I heard something about a press bus, but I didn't understand it was it was the press pool. Wow, that's interesting. Karen, just talk about the day-to-day goings-on at the, uh, you know, at, at the Occupy site.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was actually really fun and I'm going to miss it. Um, You know, we would have, we had it catered by Seeds of Peace, which is an amazing um, catering company. They're kind of like mobile and they work with actions like this. So they have a lot of experience, um, kind of, you know, rising to whatever occasion is presented to them so we were able to confidently say we would have meals at nine at one and at six so you know you always can get people when you give them food i thought that might be another reason why we had a great turnout um but um so we would come in and you know people were waking up i mean i'm sure the people that were occupying you know sometimes i'd get texts from actually more than one day i got texts from Ted click at you know 4 30 in the morning they were you know waking up with with uh, the sun and um and then by the time I would get there, normally because I was coming home to do computer work and to charge, um, charge our, charge our batteries for uh, some of our equipment and whatnot, um, and of course have my son half the week, but. Um, you know, we would get kind of milling about with breakfast and then usually people would start working on uh, whatever they were trying to do. You know, the beginning of the week, it was a lot of setting up and 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 getting, you know, tarps and tents and equipment and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, some of us would be on our, KB and I especially, um, I have only one photo of us KB sitting there working, it makes me happy. Um, but, you know, we would start doing our thing and e- emailing and, you know, spreading the word and uh, lo- doing logistics and whatnot. Um, um, on our computers and then you know usually it would start getting a, a little bit busier around lunchtime. and we we did try to plan something almost every almost every day we had something going on um in the afternoon whether it be um you know youth day we had a climate roundtable, which you would have really have enjoyed melinda um we had um a, a small speaker series um couple other things I can't remember what they were right now so so you know the afternoon there was always an action um like that at an an event within our event and so that kind of kept the momentum going and of course Working Families Party did a great job um making you know event pages and whatnot for for each of our things and then and then there would be sometimes some rallying out by the road but not as much as I thought it would be just because we had such great great big signage and then of course we had Michael Bagdis Keenings um you know, bat signal. And so we would have at nighttime, um, we had Anthony Chan and his father uh, Mason were like lighting up our signage. So, you know, even as we were going into the evening, we were still very well represented, even though it was dark because they had helped us with this lighting situation. Um, and it was all run off their you know, so electronic car batteries and whatnot, solar batteries for the most part. Um, and then I guess we'd have dinner. And then one night we did watch a movie. Um, I think a couple of other nights, you know, we would kind of do some planning because in the, especially the beginning of the week and then, and then towards the end, we were planning our last event. So that was a kind of a lot of planning, I guess, in the afternoon. People kind of belly up to the fires if it was cold. Um, you know, we had other people come, you know, coming and going all week. So a lot of it was catching up with people that would come, you know, every day there was somebody new. So then you'd be catching up with them, meeting new people, networking with other people and organizations, um, you know, making signs. There was an art tent. Uh, we had our silent disco party silent dj party on new year's eve um so Wait, you know,
0: what's a silent dj
1: party it was hilarious it was just like it's basically where you everyone has their own headset and you have three channels and we had three playlists going at all times and so everyone in the group was dancing to whatever channel they wanted and they had lights that coordinated with the channel so you could see who was listening to what <laughs> I I, I had no idea how it was gonna go, but everyone had a blast. Um, Ted Glick is an amazing dancer, who knew? Andy was out there dancing his butt off. Um, everybody was dancing the caterers were out there really dancing I was glad that they, they had some fun for New Year's even though they weren't at home with their own friends you know um, but yeah we did that from I think 10 until like 12 15 we literally danced the whole time um, and then uh, but yeah and then of course Saturday was breaking down camp and um, you know doing our
0: action and and that's how it went Wow, that's amazing! Uh, people are so creative and um, like you know, life loving. It's just it's it's really fun to be around you know people like that. And let me just say here um, for people who might be thinking, boy, were you guys irresponsible gathering together when this and the Omicron thing is uh, variant is tearing through the country? That you took a lot of precautions. You required people to be vaxxed and to present proof of vaccination and people even though you were outdoors people were wearing masks all the time and you were you know there was hand washing stations or whatever so it seemed like um you know that you were being very responsible now one one of the organizers did get sick did get COVID and then she had to leave but as far as I know from what I heard reported um I don't think anybody else was positive at least not yet so um you know that seemed uh, it seemed like it didn't really, uh, I mean, it was too bad for her, but it didn't affect the, the way that, you know, the rest of the week unfolded. So um, we don't have too much time left, but I, I'd really like for maybe both of you to take, uh, there were so many amazing photographs from um, the march down to Biden's house, uh, and, you know, how it unfolded when you were told, you know, you couldn't couldn't go any further past the Jersey barrier and all the police and the secret service and you couldn't deliver your letter and they, they wouldn't take it to, to deliver it to Biden. Um, but there were some really moving scenes in, in, the, in the last part of your, your eight day event. And um, why doesn't maybe one of you just start sharing you know, for our audience to sort of be able to picture what that looked like since and we can also we, we can share the you know we can forward the uh, the video so they can watch too but in case they don't have time to watch the whole thing um, Karen why don't you start
1: um, are you so specifically about the last the last event that we did
0: yeah and and the, when you when you walk down and you know where you, when you couldn't go any further basically what happened then?
1: Um, well, we can't go any further, and it what it is kind of all a blur for me. And um, I, you know, Kobe's so great at keeping a level head, you know, and 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 kind of organizing things in that way. But for me, it was it was just kind of this kind of surreal time. Um, and I I haven't even been able to watch the whole video yet. I watched the first half of it um, that we had done um, by Ford Fisher, and um, I couldn't believe what all everybody was doing, you know. While we were out there trying to talk to the Secret Service, me and Kobe and Ted, um, you know, everybody was doing other things and singing and chanting and just, you know, it was just really neat to see, um, to see everybody kind of keeping busy and, and you know, I guess I'll say occupying themselves while this was all going on, um, you know, talking amongst themselves and and really participating and and really giving it all to this event. Um, but you know, we were just we were talking to the police, trying to get them to take our letter. Of course they would not. Um, and then we we talked to them about that for a bit, you know, and then we we knew we weren't gonna uh we we knew we knew we weren't planning an arrestable or anything like that. We knew we weren't going to escalate our action. So uh and we also didn't, you know know, it was, it was raining that day, um, and we had, you know, we were packing up so we knew we weren't going to stay out there too long. It would have been kind of cool if we could have stayed longer but you know we stayed about 45 minutes I think, and um, we just ended up reading the demands out loud uh, in a letter that Ted had written. we uh, we walked single file up and placed a flower in you know in a in a single file line in front of the barricade and uh, you know I think and I and I asked all the participants to please try to make eye contact with the service people because I felt like we really were trying to appeal to their humanity and feel one with them Um, some people did not want to to lay down a flower and they um, some of them took a knee instead for a a few moments Um, some people did both Um, and then after that um, we told him that we'd be back if he doesn't meet our demands by January 31st. And we joyfully went back down the beautiful tree-lined road that he lives off of. Um, and we got back to camp and had a moment to thank people, um, especially our marshals who worked really hard to keep us safe. And we had um, a solidarity speaker, uh, Miss Lakeisha Nix, who's uh, a racial and uh, social justice um activist and organizer here in town she spoke briefly uh, which we were very grateful to have that opportunity to add her to our our occasion Um, and yeah and then we broke it down and we we did it all and we made muddy muddy mess there and we planted grass seed to make sure that we didn't leave a mess for the county oh that's great
0: (laughs) that's great so I guess the last question is you know what's next You had a lot of local activists coming out, um, but you also had people, I think you said from at least 10 different states. So what do you see going forward in terms of organizing around climate? Um, Kobe and then Karen, you can add something.
2: Yeah, so I think right now we have a lot of momentum here in Delaware. Um, We've already planted those those seeds, right? So now we let the roots start to grow. Um, And that's how we we really built this grassroots people-centered movement. Um, I, for one, will uh, definitely be involved with any future planning of actions, um, especially when it comes to escalating this um, to bring more awareness to this issue. As we get closer and closer to the 2022 midterms, you're going to have people um, say that, you know, this is going to be an issue that we can't touch right now um, because it's election season. No. It's our job to make this one of the hottest ticket um, topics of the election cycle because that's how you're going to get people to move, unfortunately, Um, but when we look at what's happened with the civil rights movement, what's happened in 2020 and how people have changed the narrative and changed the political agendas to address certain needs because it is an election cycle. That's exactly what we need to do when it comes to addressing climate change. Um, so it's gonna be a lot of organizing, a lot of planning, um, but I think the most important part on both Karen, on me, I um, mean, everyone who was involved is how can we make sure this grows? we should be able to double or even triple our numbers um, for our next uh, major action.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Sounds like you've, you've you've planted the seeds. Karen, what do you want to say about what the future holds? Well, I'm super glad that KB, you know, wants to continue
1: uh, working with this coalition. Um, so that's amazing. And I, I know we're planning to do a debrief at some point um, this week, probably. Um, so we can, you know, take those next steps. I mean, we, we do have the, the, you know, the, it could happen that he meets our demands. Um, you never know, um, but uh, we will definitely be. You know, even if he meets that demands, it's not that we couldn't lift up other um, voices and agendas uh, with this. You know, we've got this great opportunity with this um, DOT land, and our liaison with the Department of Transportation is very supportive of us. Uh, very supportive of our First Amendment rights, and he, you know, so so we should take advantage of this. Um, Because it is, you know, it's. I mean, as far as something like this goes, I think it was as easy as it could have been, really. Um, you know, but because we had so much good support and a lot of infrastructure uh, met by the grandparents and Build Back Fossil Free and uh, and Beyond Extreme Energy, you know, really came on board. Well and quickly in the beginning and that get got get us off to a big start. So I can only see us, you know, really hammering down on it because it's it's, it's only get our climate crisis is only getting worse. Uh, we're going in the wrong direction. Um, you know, I was just on another call with people down in DC who are, are, are planning and they, um, you know, things aren't looking good. So we really have to we, we have to step it up. And there's really nothing more important, in my opinion, unless you have a, a sick family member you know, to take care of, you know, then this should be the top priority, in my opinion. Great.
0: Well, I want to thank you both, Kobe Owens with uh, the Working Families Party of Delaware, and Karen Igo, who's with uh, of various groups. You were, you were part of the grandparents, uh, the Action at Chase, but also uh, Extinction Rebellion in Delaware uh, for coming on the show. And um, I, I I found the whole thing very inspiring. The, the magic of... Uh, you know, um, the internet and all this high tech stuff where I, I was able to, you know, watch a lot of what you did that w- whatever was live streamed, I got to watch it. And it was really powerful and wonderful and inspiring. So keep up the good mm-hmm. work. I'll probably be seeing you again and down in Delaware one of these days. You never know. <laughs> be Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Take care. <laughs> thank thank well. You. Thank Hopefully we'll have a better year than the last couple. Yeah. We'll see how we day. you. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Take care. To see some fantastic photos and other information, you can visit Occupy Biden's Facebook page. You've been listening to The Forest and the Trees, global and local perspectives on the environment with your host, Melinda Tuhus. Tune in on the second Saturday of every month at 9.30 a.m. here on WPKN 89.5 FM, for more environmental news you can use.